everyone and welcome to Schooling the Podcast. My name is Davina and I'm your host. And today's episode is a very exciting one. I'm so excited to welcome our next guest. She is currently pursuing a degree in engineering at the University of Edinburgh and she sits as the Assistant Vice President of Advocacy under the Malaysian Students Global Alliance. Uh, she's very funny. She keeps it 100 always. This is my friend Claire. Hi Claire. Hi, hi Davina. Hi Davina's listeners. Hi, the Schooling Podcast listeners. My name is Claire and you're listening to Claire today. <laughs> oh, this is Claire robbing the show. Claire, <laughs> Hey, gotta do what I gotta do for screen time, no? <laughs> anyway, how are you? It's been a long time. I'm good, I'm good. It's getting colder here. Um, the season has changed. Um, but how about you? How, how are you, Davina? I'm okay, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. For those who don't know you, or those that would like to know you, can you tell us a wee bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. No worries about that. So my name is Claire. I am 22 years old. Um, my, ed- my educational background, I am doing my degree right now in Edinburgh. Um, I like to think I'm really, really funny, although I might not be. But I can tell you, whatever Davina said is true. I like to keep it 100% real because I just think it makes it easier to be around people and I think people can open up to you more. Um, some of my hobbies, I like going on long walks. Yeah, I really actually do like going on long walks. I'm not kidding. And I do like reading some books. Some of my favorites is Tuesdays with Maury. That's like an absolute favorite in my book. <laughs> absolute favorite in my book. <laughs> you see what I did there? But also in my free time, I really like listening to music. And I do enjoy some good Netflix shows. So yeah, that's me. Awesome, Claire. I also like Tuesdays with Maury. That's literally my favorite book. Maybe that's why we're friends. Maybe, among other reasons. That's why we're friends. What was, what was that pause, Davina? What was that pause? I'm going to edit that pause out. <laughs> okay, Claire, thank you so much. Uh, so Edinburgh, how is that like? How's that? How's the weather? I know you said it's a bit cold, but other than that, is it okay? I think um, the thing about Edinburgh is because I actually was very fortunate to experience Edinburgh in four seasons. So not just um, experiencing winter, but I did get to experience summer, autumn, spring. And I think it's so beautiful seeing seasons change because I got to experience really, really heavy snow. And then in a few months later, it was the hottest day in Scotland. Maybe not as hot as Malaysia, but still the hottest day in Scotland. So it's so beautiful seeing things change and it just reminds you that, you know, everything like changes and new things will come. And it sort of reminds me that there is an end to every season and there is a start to every season as well. So Okay, so now I sort of understand your logic when you say you like long walks. I think this is what you do in your long walks, right? You just philosophize about every single thing and I'm a big believer in romanticizing your life and I think romanticizing my life with music and like descriptions and being very descriptive about what I do having a clear idea of what I want helps me to sort of get on with my day and I know it's something that's sort of cringy but it just feels good because your life is a movie and you're the director so the long walks is when I romanticize and I imagine like different scenarios and like you get so sensitive to the little, little things. Like you notice things like the noises, the smells, the sounds. You're using all five senses, you know. So yeah, that's uh, 
that's me, I guess. Oh, nice, Claire. Uh, do you think some of that romanticizing has sort of influenced uh, your education and the way you see your studies? Or is that just a separate part of your life? I feel like it actually does because, like, for example, for studying, I don't have, like, a love-hate relationship with studying. To me, studying is an activity, and I just do it. And before, I used to get so, like... um. I used to be like, oh, I have to study because I have to study because I have this test. So if I want to pass this test, I have to study. But now it's like, I write. Um, so before I start my studies, I always write in a little piece of paper, what is my intention to study? Why am I studying for that day? So then I just put it in front of me and I just choose a playlist and I always go instrumental. It sort of like helps me set the mood. I have my affirmation. I have my music and then I have my end goal, like at the end of the day, what do I want to achieve? And then I set myself that time, I do it within that time, I take breaks in between, I tell myself, you're studying, you're, going, you're being knowledgeable, you know, all these positive things. And I think that romanticization of studying and education has helped me better my relationship. And now I can see that I'm more focused and I'm more into it. And I get really, really absorbed in the subject. And even if I don't understand the subject better 100%, knowing that I tried and that I come home with maybe at least 20% is already, you know, good enough. So, yeah, romanticization helps people. But I would say that, you know, don't hate it until you try it. Maybe, for example, the whole um, setting the mood doesn't suit you, but maybe writing affirmation helps you. Seeing the affirmation right in front of you helps you. Or maybe... You can't write affirmations because you feel maybe you're not ready to sort of see the affirmation and like have it constantly look at you. But you like having that soundtrack play. You know, there's this concept of the soundtrack of your life. I don't like using soundtrack of your life. I like soundtrack of my moments. So I have the soundtrack if I'm going on long walks, soundtrack if I'm studying, soundtrack if I'm doing groceries, and soundtrack if I just want to sort of zone out. You can see the, the way in which I've yeah, romanticizing a lot of these things can help you ease into the, the actual process of it all. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, when I asked uh, what sort of topics you would want to discuss today, you said something mm-hmm. very interesting. You said that you would like to perhaps discuss the way people perceive you and the way people perceive you when you speak English in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you care to elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. And I think before I start elaborating, I just like to clarify that this is all my personal experiences and it's all true. And I personally don't find it discriminating in any way. But on the contrary, I find it very uplifting and positive. So I hope that everyone listening to this just takes it as a positive note. It's not something that uh, should be looked down on. But yeah, so I grew up in a in a household where so I'm a Bidayo and I used to speak um, Bidayo with my grandparents and then with my parents, I'd speak English. So those were the two languages in our household. And of course, you know, as I learned Malay, it came into the conversation. So now I'm pretty sure like many families, there's a mixture of three languages, right? But my, I think my father specifically, he has this, um, his parenting style was he wanted us to have a good grasp of the English language. And he was always very like um, on about us speaking properly. 
And when I text him now, I text him in a proper manner. But actually, I don't talk to him in a proper manner. But of course, with respect and stuff like that. But there's still the mix of languages when I speak to him. But when I text him, you know, okay. So my mom is an English teacher and she she never really taught me English growing up. But because she was an English teacher, she always spoke to us in a very, you know, the cool English teacher like that. There's, this, there's always going to be that English teacher in your life who just, you know, hits you. And I think that was her to me. And then she's also my mom. So I speak English with a lot of my other family members, my cousins and my uncle. There's a mix of languages. And I think because of that, I've been able to constantly practice my English. So going into like school and stuff, I never found English hard. Um, I always found English enjoyable and especially things like literature and you know oral presentations. I really, really enjoyed that. And that gave me such good confidence in speaking as well. So fast forward a few years now that I'm in Scotland and I'm obviously in the place where people speak English as their first language. Um, I would say that I was intimidated. What if they don't understand me? What if I can't pick up the slangs? You know, what, I, what if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? But over time, you know, in the university setting, everyone there, there's a lot of, there's a very international pool of students and the lecturers as well. So English was always, you know, going to be the lingua franca kind of thing. So there was nothing. But it, it became really interesting when I got a job. So over the summer, I've been working um, as a floor staff at a cafe. So, and I have to deal with customer service and I have to talk to people. And I remember, I think my first day of working, well, first day of training, actually, the manager was saying to me, um, where are you from? And then when I said Malaysia, and then they said, you don't, Malaysia, and he said, oh, Malaysia? I'm pretty sure that English is not the you know, main language of Malaysia. I said, um, yeah, it's not really the you know, national language, like how English is some sort of a national language in Singapore. Um, but he said he was very impressed with my command of English and the way that I can carry myself. It might not be perfect English, but it was so good that he was fooled and he thought that I was maybe from an English-speaking country. And I find that, wow, okay, is that really such a big deal? But, you know, that's just one person. So moving forward, I tend to meet people and I started to get to know my co-workers as well. And they were just saying the same thing, like, you have such great English. And I don't know, I mean, I, of course, I didn't feel offended. In fact, I felt really proud, you know, because... I've always considered English as my strong suit. And, you know, hearing them say, like, you have such a great command of English and hearing them saying, like, I think you can speak English better than me and they're, you know, Scottish. It's just like, wow, the impact that, you know, my upbringing and, you know, my parents' upbringing on me and how much, I would say, how much it has rewarded me here because I feel very confident speaking English and I feel... Like because of that, I'm able to mix well, I'm able to blend well, I'm able to explain myself and describe myself and just be myself. And I think that the best part is not just having your co-workers, you know, compliment you, but it's also, you know, I have a co-worker, she's um, from Spain. She doesn't have great English, but she speaks English. And so over the summer, she was moving houses and she didn't understand a lot of the English in the agreement. And I feel very happy that 
I could help her, you know. It felt like, wow, I'm actually doing something. And I think the highlight would be having customers talk to me and telling me that I have such a great command of English coming from an Asian country because, you know, we're always stigmatized. The Asian people from Asian countries always stigmatized to have either broken English or English with an accent. But in my case, it was English with American accent. So I think when I put down that topic, that was going on in my head, like how, how little people know about us and they know that we study English, but you know, they don't know that we can speak English. So I feel like that's such a, it's such an interesting thing to me because thinking that, wow, I came from like, I didn't go to like any tuition or anything. It's just a normal school, my home environment, and then coming here and then having people tell me that you have such a great command of English, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I really want to share that. And again, like I said, I'm not trying to boast anything. It's just, I think that's in, in relation to education, I feel like the upbringing that you have really plays an impact. So for example, my upbringing, when my parents emphasize on having a good grasp of English, has led me to be comfortable speaking here and be, be able to express myself 100%. And if we were to do the same thing on our kids and have a good upbringing on them and you know teach them values and teach them things emphasize on things like you know maybe emphasize on things like the importance of having knowledge the importance of being knowledgeable i think it can really bring someone forward i feel like that perspective is so interesting because uh, only when you were talking about it did i realize that i I've, I've been in situations quite similar to that you know people all speak uh, Uh, they are expected to speak a certain way and behave a certain way and then when it comes to me and I start speaking and I start opening my mouth they are like hey wait a minute is is she really associated with these people so (laughs) so that's uh, that's something that I think we have in common and it's also interesting how our upbringing is also quite similar like for me I had to I was brought up in a very English dominated uh, household even though a majority of my family members speak um, Tamil but yeah English was quite was was the lingua franca of the house so yeah we we share a similar situation um do you feel like with English and now that we see its importance in like a an international platform I would say do you feel like there is a lack of emphasis on a local level to like make sure your English is top notch and make sure your English is good? I would say in the local level, sometimes for me, for example, I think it's okay if you don't want to learn English and stuff like that. But I think the one thing that was missing when I was in school was we were studying all these subjects, but we weren't told exactly why. For example, I mean, not all, not all cases are like that. There are like, you know, teachers that I've encountered who tell like, you know, so you have to learn this because this is something that will help you in the future. Taking the time to patiently explain. But I feel like the emphasis on English is, it can be scary to some people because some people think like, why do I have to learn English? You know, Why is English so important? Why can't they learn this? Why can't they learn that? And maybe, maybe I'm saying this because I speak English and I think I like converse, conversing English, but I do think learning English is important not because, and I don't think learning English takes away any of your like identity in any sort of way. Instead, it 
adds on to your identity because I think the thing about being the thing about learning English is not just because to converse people, but it's also to become an eloquent speaker and to be able to express yourself and at the same time to avoid people sort of like to avoid being lost in translation. Because you know when you're translating from a different language, another language, it can sort of be this miscommunication can happen. I mean we all know there are certain words in English which you can't translate in Malay and there are certain words in Malay which doesn't quite translate well to English. And I feel like being able to express yourself in English opens a whole new door and allows you to sort of like have that global status. Not really global status, but at least it gives you that confidence to say that, hey, I can go out in the world and I can share with people who am I. I can introduce myself well and I can share my ideas well. And I think having this importance, not just saying that, oh, you have to learn English because uh, everyone else in the world speaks English. So if you meet them, then you meet. I think it's not so much about that, but it's so much about like being able to speak for yourself and to make sure that you don't get lost in translation. Especially now, it's so confusing, you know, we're having math and science taught in Malay and then we're having this and we're having that. And there's so many things going on and for me personally it's fine if you want to study math and science in a different language it's still going to be math and science it's still going to be x plus y plus z but i think for the english part grammar is important but i feel like a lot as you get older having chances to speak out in the class having chances to like like what we're doing just have a conversation with a friend is so important because now that i'm here i can tell you from all the people that i've met because i work with an international group of people they tell me that they regret not studying english properly because now that they're like in, in a mostly English speaking situation scene sometimes they find it hard to express themselves and it gets frustrating for them because they have so much to say and so much to share and they they can but it doesn't feel fulfilled because there's going to be bits and pieces missing I like what you had to say about you know English being the ticket to sort of a global platform and how it can sort of ease the translation especially when other people understand English and when you're able to speak it it's sort of you are able to communicate your ideas more effectively rather than having something that's, you know, bits and pieces just thrown at somebody and having the person to just make up your idea. So I understand that. But then I think you've mentioned something interesting. You said that it doesn't sort of um, take away from your identity. In fact, it adds to your identity. I resonate with that quite a lot because I feel like English is a layer sort of to the yeah. onion that I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that I am. Yeah. I, I mean, a better way to put it is English is one of the many layers in my lasagna of life. I hope, like, you know, this can be my tagline. I'm not a nun. And I think, you know, onions are great, but, you know, let's step it up a notch, yeah? Huh? Claire, between both of us, you can be the lasagna. I'll be the bloody onion. Fine. <laughs> but hey, there is no lasagna without the onion. So that's to say you compliment me and I compliment you. Oh, okay. Got it. Sure. I see how English I see how English works now. <laughs> you said like the identity thing and then I was thinking about how so growing up in school, right? For me personally, I was too Indian for the English kids and I was too English for the Indian kids. So I was in a very uh, peculiar situation where I just had to just be myself and exist in a in a realm that nobody else sort of understood so i was wondering if you if you had that similar experience okay <laughs> that's actually that's actually a very valid question because i actually had a really interesting childhood so quick recap i was born in sarawak and when i was eight i moved to petaling jaya so never got to see the daio kids it's okay it's fine <laughs> 
So I've been I was brought up in Kepalang Jaya and I went to SMK Pandau Taman Taman Sarasvi and a fun fact I also spent primary five abroad uh, because my dad was studying his studies at the time we all followed him uh, went to College Marasilman for my A levels and then. University of Edinburgh in Scotland. I really resonate with what you say, but it's not exactly how it is because when I was um in SNK, right? I okay, there was this thing. So I have like I I don't know. People tell me I'm so friendly that I can get into any group. So you know how there's um there's this saying, jack of all trades but master of none. Basically, that's me. Like I don't have like a solid solid like. One person best friend kind of that. This was me in high school, by the way. I've changed so much. So if you want to know my friendship situation now, give me a text and I'll let you know. <laughs> but um, I don't think I've changed that much, lah. I think it's still the same. But I think it's just to say that I can muscle any group. I can be in like any friendship circle. And when I was um in high school, I was very very friendly. I was in everyone. I wanted to be friends with everyone, and I was um. Here, there, everywhere, up, down, left, right, you know, and it's so funny because I have like a different friend group. Like I have this friend group where I would speak Malay, like Malay only, and maybe it's not like perfect. Like of of course it's not the Baku Malay lah. It's like um conversational Malay with some English thrown in. But then I also have like another group where it's a very like Chinese English sort of like. Situation and so like I would speak to them in like that manner and I would speak to this group in this manner and I also have another group where I would speak more English Englishy manner and then as I grew older now like for example like um with my cousins and all there's like this Australian English slang as well fast forward a few years I'm still in that same situation. But it's just that I I can't because I've been speaking English a lot, so I tend to be speaking English. I still I can still speak Malay if I feel it. <laughs> But I I think I was in this weird situation where I had to switch my manners within a few seconds. Like maybe if I'm talking to, so I would have friends from the two friend groups be with me at the same time, and I would speak to them in like different manners. And I it would be so weird to me if I speak to this person in Malay and if I speak to this person in English. And it it just became it it was okay for me because I guess my brain was, you know, faster then. <laughs> But I totally get what you feel, and I just I mean when I think about it, you know, it was hilarious that I would have like different mannerisms with different groups of people, and I don't I don't think it led to any problems. Maybe it led to problems with me, and I became like, but at one point I would just be like, wait, what am I saying? And I just I couldn't speak, but. I think that's the fun, you know, like having like a different different ways of speaking to people. Like for example, at work, I speak like I try my best to speak properly, try to avoid slangs, and so people would understand me. But then when I'm at home here with my housemates, I speak in a very broken English manner. But then with my friends from college that I see, I speak in like a very casual English Malay kind of mix. So. It's so interesting that we both have the same experiences. It might not be exactly the same, but it's like we're lost in the middle. We're not really in the middle. It some days we're like here and there, but we're always trapped in situations where it's either we're too good for this or not good enough for that, and then we're just like, so where do I belong? So if any of you feel like that, welcome to the club, Claire and Darina Club. Claire and the Lost in Translation Club, <laughs> the Onion and Lasagna Club. 
Anjan and Lasagna Club. <laughs> it's such a, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I, I remember not fitting in like in primary and then as soon as I hit secondary, there was like this wave of an, of people from all around like you know you have uh, the chinese people from like chinese schools and then you have the indian people from like tamil schools and then of course you had like the sk people but who moved into a secondary school but they were like from a whole other section of of the of the world so it was so interesting <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting when yeah. everybody came together and then yeah i totally resonate with that i have a different slang when i talk to my indian friends and i have a different slang when i talk to my chinese friends i have a different slang altogether for when it's I talk so to everybody else. Yeah, it is. I think entering SNK was was one of the best things that could happen because you have like all this mix of people from like different schools. And although my school for uh, SK, SK kids, there weren't too many of us. Maybe like, but you know, it's so interesting to see how we could all just like bond together, even though coming from you know, because those primary school years were some of, some of your formative years, like that's where you sort of like learn and progress and like, become, like start to become your own person. And like coming into secondary school, being pushed into like a sea of people where some people know each other. I I didn't know anyone on my first day. I was like, hell no. Wait, that's a lie. I knew a few people. I just didn't have like, I was lost. I was a lost lamb. And like, it's so funny because SNK really, really like, it was so fun. It's like you meet all these people and you learn things. And I think because of that, the ability for me to add on slangs, that's that's where I found my ability to be. Very slang verse. Slang verse, I would say. I would say the <laughs> same. Same. And then yeah, you yeah. adopt their mannerisms as well. Exactly. Like, you suddenly, just subconsciously so... happens to you. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh, it's very, very cool. And I think that's the whole culture, you know. I feel like if you're not, that's the thing with English as well. Like the people here, they have their own like slangs and mannerisms. For example, the people here, they always, it doesn't matter who I pass by, everyone will always ask me, hi, how are you doing? You all right? And they wait for me to answer and I have to ask them back. And then we're just like, all right, see ya. So I feel like that's something that, I don't know if it's common back in Malaysia or what, but I feel like I personally have never seen that. I feel like I see someone, I see someone, I just smile and then we just pass by. And I used to do that here, but people would stop me and be like, you're right, you're right. And I feel like it's so interesting because when I'm working, like maybe my manager, like the big boss or like the people who I work with, they're just like, you're right, you're good. Okay, yeah. And they're just like always constantly checking me in. And then sometimes... When I speak too fast, I speak in such a Malaysian way that they're like, huh? <laughs> and then I, I have like adopted some things and I feel like it's so interesting when you're put in a situation where there's so much culture involved because at the end of the day, it's not just about the language, the culture as well. And having that cultural experience, it really, really opens your eyes to see what other slangs can I adopt? How many more layers can I add on? Very interesting that you know, the whole journey of this whole language thing, it's so much influenced with experience mm-hmm. and it's so influenced with the environment and it's it's literally, you know, some degree we are proficient, but, you know, the proficiency mm-hmm. also varies and the proficiency also yeah. grows, you know, in its own intricate mm-hmm. way. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. To me, proficiency, I, I feel like, you know, proficiency in English, I would say you don't have to be like 100% like maybe PhD in English. No, no, no. It's just understanding and Having, I think ultimately it's just knowledge and confidence. Have the knowledge and then be confident in having the knowledge. Because I know so many people who 
on paper, you know, they're good at English, they can write and stuff. But when it comes to speaking, they're just like, they don't have the confidence to say it because they're scared that they would say the wrong things. And then there's me saying the wrong things and then like, wait a minute, that's not right. Let me retract my sentence and then let me say it again to you. It's interesting to see as well how you can be so different on paper and in person. Don't you think so? Like having an yeah. A in English doesn't mean you're doesn't mean you're a great speaker, you know. But having a having a C having a C in on paper doesn't mean you're a C great speaker. Like I don't know, it's just this obsession with grades and finding out the level of proficiency. It's just to me, it's something that is maybe it is necessary in sort of a way. But I just I think that's something that holds people back, and I feel like we shouldn't feel held back by it. Confidence, yeah, it is. And with that, uh, I think we'll end the session. It's, it's sorry, Claire. I would love to have you again, though. But I think that's all the time that we oh have. Oh my god, I I had a great time here. Uh, so Claire, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm always happy to talk to you, and I would love to hopefully have you again, uh, when time permits. Um, I'm Davina, and you're listening to Schooling the Podcast. Uh, see you in the next episode. Bye.